We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. My name's Taryn. Um, I really just want to talk about how, like... I guess, like, the different ways of medical life and how, like, being a patient and always being involved at a young age can, like... um, make you a better healthcare worker than what you think you could be. Um, so, like, just, like, from all my life, I've always been in and out of it, and I don't know, just getting opportunities that I could have or that I did have and still do have, it, like, helped me be a better worker. Worker, yeah. So um, what do you do in the healthcare field? So I'm a certified nursing assistant, a lot of people, when they hear this, they're like, oh, you just wipe butts all day, and you work with old people, but the only time that I've worked with old people as a CNA was when I did clinicals. Yeah. Because I've always wanted the hospital scene. I wanted to do traumas, and it's just like a whole dream of mine. So I ended up um, doing that, and I've worked with kids since I got my certification, and I love it. So um, going to school for CNA, what was the process of that? So growing up in high school, I've always like, I'm not going to do dual enrollment. I'm just, I want to enjoy my college life. Well, I ended up seeing how like I could do, like get my certification like senior year. So I did, I ended up not getting my dual enrollment for my medical terminology. So what it is, is like, you know, like at Benton High, you have a, semesters so we had two semesters in a year so first semester I had my medical terminology and IHO which is introduction to health occupations so I had to take that and I had to pass that with a certain grade and then I could go into CNA and this the CNA course took the whole second semester and it was like two days out of the week we did lab two days was lecture then like you had your your test day and I had to do like 40 hours of like certain type of clinicals and then it took like another whole week it actually took two whole weeks to do clinicals since yeah. mine were like back to back. So really it just, the way that I did it was like the easier way out of it. But it was so much more fun too because like you're still with there like people that like you're really comfortable with. It's like the people that you grew up with to an extent because I went to BIP still for it. So you have people from other high schools also. Oh, nice. So it's like, it, it took a good advantage doing that. Yeah. So um, right after you finished the um, CNA program, mm-hmm. did they help you find a job right oh, yeah. away? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, since it was senior year, I did a senior trip to Wyoming. And while I was in Wyoming, well, really before I went to Wyoming, I had uh, my best friend's uh, stepmom worked in the unit that I was uh, applying for. And she helped me. And while I was in Wyoming, I finally got like the email like to start doing my paperwork to be like in the the trauma pediatric medical I meant pediatric intensive care unit yeah so I just I had connections with it but it was also like since I was kind of still new I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if it wasn't for my best friends like stepmom yeah nice tell me about your first job working as a CNA so I was there for like a year. It was at Oshner. It was very tough. It was the unit that I ended up being in when I was uh, 15 from a car wreck. It definitely had a lot of traumatic experience on me as a health co-worker. I learned how nurses can like, o- like use their power over CNAs and like, well, you do this, this, and this because I don't want to. But then you also had like those nurses that were like, okay, I'm going to help you. I did night shift, so it was kind of rough on everybody because that's where we had, like, all of our traumas come in. I loved it. Yeah. wrong. I yeah. absolutely loved it. I made some good connections with patients. I had my good and my bad times. It was definitely a good path that I took. Yeah. And I truly do miss being there. Okay. So you mentioned when you were 15, that was the mm-hmm. hospital that you went? Well, yes. Tell me about that experience. What happened? So, like, in 2020, um, when you're on Bitten Road getting onto a, I think it's 220. Yeah. Yeah, 220. Um, I got into a car wreck, 
January 27, 2020, and I got T-bone. Um, I ended up, like, we ended up facing the way that the guy hit us, like, where he was coming from, and they ended up having to do, like, a, a emergency subdural hematoma removal from my head, so, like, they had to cut open my head and remove blood clot, and they only knew this because I had an ear bleed. Yeah. So, it took, like, a lot of toll on me. I was in there for, like, three weeks, and, um... Uh, I don't know. I had my good moments and my bad moments, uh, but I was, like, ventilated on a ventilator for, like, three days, I believe. It was probably less than that. I still remember that feeling, and a lot of people just feel like whenever you're on a vent, all you can do is hear. I don't remember hearing anything, anything. except for, like, feeling. I felt the restraints. I felt them changing me. I felt, like, the vent in my throat. Like, yeah. it was... That was the traumatic part. And you weren't awake? Mm-hmm. Like y- I was sedated. Wow. Yeah. So you just, you couldn't hear anything, mm-hmm. but you can feel yeah. the whole time? Yeah. So wow. basically how it goes is like whenever you see a patient that's ventilated, okay, you want to talk to them like you're like talking to them like, like we are now. Yeah. Because even though that they're sedated, they can still hear. But it doesn't work with everybody. So I just remember feeling, and then I remember waking up a few times, and the first time was whenever I was like, oh, my God, I'm at home. I'm cold. I'm freezing. My boyfriend at the time was hogging all the freaking blankets. So I went over to, like, get up and, like, reach down to grab a blanket. Next thing I know, I'm being, like, restrained, and, girl, it was crazy. But um, if it wasn't for that experience, I really feel like I wouldn't be as good as a healthcare worker I am today. Yeah. Just... I don't know. And I worked with some of the nurses that were my nurses, too. And um, it's, yeah, Yeah. it was great. Whenever you were hospitalized, Mm -hmm. where was it again? Oshner. Oshner. Mm -hmm. The nurses there were really good to Mm -hmm. you. You were well taken care of. Oh, yeah. That's really good. And then earlier you mentioned how that experience helped you to become a better health health worker. Yes. Okay. Uh, So tell tell us a little bit more about that. So like a CNA basically is like your lifeline. Like, if a nurse is in another room and we're in the hallway, then we go. Whenever you see that call bell or you hear it, you got to dart because you just never know, right? So, I had experiences where um, I kind of just felt alone and whatever. And I had this wonderful CNA. Her name was Ms. Donna. And, like, she gave me, like, this body pillow. And, like, she always made me feel included. So, I just kind of learned from that. And I also learned from, like, growing up in a nursing home to, like, the bedside manner. Like, I have really good bedside manners. So just from the, like, the love that I felt from the nurses and everything and the CNAs, um, it helped me grow. I remember one time I was, um, they finally, like, washed my hair and brushed it after a while. I had, like, 70 staples in my head. I had all this blood. It was still matted. There was, like, a group of nurses in there, and they helped me, and it was it was awesome. And they, like, comforted me. And then you also have my aunt over here who's a nurse. I just, like, just shut it up, Taryn. Shut up. You're okay. <laughs> Love her to death. But anyways, so they just, like, they made me feel like I still belong here. Because, like, when you go through a traumatic event, like, that is very traumatic. Because I have, like, all these facial nerve traumas now. Like, I have a paralysis. My face was swollen. And I had, like, this crooked smile. And it was just I couldn't walk either. So I had to take things step by step. And coming from my family, we're so hard-headed and stubborn. We, we, like, I didn't want to. Yeah. But I still did. And um, so just from them just showing the love and care, it showed, like, how patient they could be with patients and how much patience it does take to be in a unit like that. Because no one wants to see children, like, suffer as bad as, like, you would see them in that unit. Yeah. And... I just remember one night seeing this one little kid being in there and I don't know what it was for. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this looks bad. And then I had a gunshot wound victim as my neighbor. And it was just it was so crazy. But it was like just seeing them, how patient they were with me and my family. And then like with the person like next to me and then them getting admits and how patient they were. It, it kind of just, like, sparked a moment in me that's like, well, patience is key when it's in like this field. And you always have to think. When you're in that unit, it yes, think the worst way possible, possible when a yeah. trauma comes in, but you also have to think 
positive. Yeah. Like, okay, this kid came in for a Johnny. Okay, they're going to snap back out of it. Like, they got this. But it, it's just, it just showed me a lot how, like, patience is key. And then being there and being supportive really helps the patient feel, like, wanted still. Do you guys have, like, trainings on how to, like, deal with situations like that? Or do you pretty much just do it on your own? Kind of like a get what you get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But a lot of, so, like, whenever I did the interview, I didn't go in and do, like, an in-person interview because I was in Wyoming. Okay. It was for my graduation trip. So I remember talking to my supervisor on the phone, and she was like, it gets very overwhelming at times, and if you ever feel that way, always make sure you go out and get help yeah and I really didn't even understand what she meant until like in January January we had what is called hell week hell week okay and it was does just that like I'm awful. sorry does that happen every January or it's just that that it, one January it just happens whenever it happens wow so okay. it's like just like a week long of like pediatric deaths and it's just oh it was so bad but like it's just like one of those like you get what you get and then you just, you find a coping mechanism. Like, some people, like, they went to the gym. Some people just, like, read their Bible. And I was one of those, like, I went to the gym, and then Hell Week came, and it was like, I kind of, like, let myself go. But I still was good at my job. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, oh, it was crazy. But you learn from it. You learn how to cope. You learn how to do better for the next patient. And it's just... Yeah, it's to get what you get and don't throw a fit until it's time to throw a fit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's because I have a lot of clients that are nurses mm -hmm. and, you know, they talk they talk about a lot like about work and stuff and yeah. like how, um, you know, things happen and all this and all that. Like and I always ask them, like, how how are you dealing with this? Because like you're there every single day trying to make sure that that patient stays alive yeah. and make sure that everything is going smooth mm -hmm. that but does but does the hospital they, they enforce you to like have a I mean do they even give you like mental health mental health day do mm. they uh, like therapists do they give you like because I know like therapists they're pretty expensive I know you guys have yeah. insurance like do they even do like a free therapy session for you guys or like any <laughs> anything to help with your with your mental health, because you guys deal with so much. A lot, so much. So, okay, so as a night shifter, we didn't really get treated the same as day shifts. So I really? really couldn't tell you if they did or not, like, during the day. Like, I know during the day, I've picked up some day shifts. They do, like, events and, like, you know, Nurses Week. But, like, Baton Rouge canceled their Nurses Week because yeah. Oshner started laying off people. Yeah. But as for, like day shift they had like all these events that they can do they had all these food trucks and then all this stuff that uh, like they can go out and do and enjoy and there's like there's night shift yeah there's nothing I, that we can really do one of my actually a few of my clients has um they've they've mentioned that and why is that is it like that's a good question do you I really no, nobody know. knows I really don't that, know, and it's just really upsetting because as a night shift, like, you have to come together and do something. Like, I remember for my birthday, I turned uh, 19, and, yeah. like, I came in at young. I was 18, fresh, boom. Yeah. Like, so on my 19th birthday, like, they made waffles. It was, like, heart-shaped waffles, and, oh, oh they are so good. They were really, really good. And, like, that was, like, the only time that we really, like, had something. Except for, like, two other times, but it was just, like, leftovers from day shift. And it's really upsetting because even as night shifters, we used to joke about all the time. Ha, 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 y'all leave us out. and yeah. But it kind of, like, made us feel some type of way. Like, I know it made me feel some type of yeah, way. Because yeah. I do so much, and I love that unit. Ooh, if I can go back, I so would. And it's like, I just want to be appreciated. And I feel like me as a CNA, I really wasn't as appreciated with certain coworkers, but that's that's anywhere you yeah, know what i mean yeah. but like i really couldn't tell you like one night shift where the hospital planned something like we would get these emails and it's like well this is like what y'all can do at certain times and then it's like day shift and then night shift night there's shift nothing like nothing yeah it was it's upsetting but then it's kind of fun because like you get to like make it your own yeah, yeah. like i remember sitting there with a, a co-worker she used to work with 
animals and i'm yeah. like girl you just like went from the so like complex anatomy to like a simple one <laughs> anyways she'd make like our ex- education boards and like we would just sit there and color and do it and like make it be fun like that that would be like our little celebrations and stuff and it's oh, it, it is sad yes but it's also fun at the same time yeah yeah but you just you wish that the yeah company should be more appreciated you yeah know? So, um, what unit do you work in now? So now I work at a um, people call it a skilled, like a nursing skilled place. But I'm gonna just be straight up. It's like a daycare. It's from like newborns up to 21 who have like 24 seven medical needs and like they need con- like not constant care, but like if they go to a regular person, I'm sure their parents wouldn't trust them. So, like, I work with, like, anywhere from, like, shunts, G-tubes, J-tubes, feeding stuff. Like, I enjoy it because I never got to be hands-on with patients like that in the hospital. Yeah. Like, I learned how to suction at this place, and I learned how to do all this, and I was at Oshner for a year. Yeah. So, I was, like, don't get me wrong, I miss Oshner, but going to this daycare, it's, like, it took over, like, my heart. because I learned so much more and I learned how to be patient because like you have these kids that are here like they're babies and they look like they're three like three months old but they're really six and it's like what so it's just I'm appreciative of both jobs but I really enjoy where I'm at now where you're at now Mm -hmm. yeah so and then you also mentioned um how you've what do you call it you've experienced like Mm -hmm traumatic do you remember like what was the first traumatic experience that you've had like working in the hospital girl okay I could tell you that first night the first night night. oh my god okay so I couldn't tell you like what day of the week it was on but I could tell you everything so night shift we get a lot of I say traumas because we're a trauma unit and certain things considered as a trauma but as it, I feel like with the trauma, it's, like, where you need, like, a lot of attention, like, yeah. ASAP, right? Like, so, this kid comes in. She's a seven-month-old. Uh, mom puts her down for a nap, goes back and sees that she's not breathing. And uh, so, she comes in, and I remember admitting her that night. It was, like, at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We get her good. We get her stable, intubated, whatever. She's fine. I go home, I come back to my shift, they're coding her again. And then they call time of death as soon as I walked in through that door. So night shift had the, I would say it's a privilege, you know, to be like in the last moment because you get to do like these little like gifts and we did like little um, hand clay things for the baby. And um, what's very traumatic is just seeing the parents go through that as well. And also thinking, like, oh, this kid was so young. They could have had so much for them. But what got me through it is, like, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So we had the privilege of her last moments here. We had the privilege of doing the arts and crafts with her. And then we took her out down to the morgue. It was one of our nurses' first time doing it. And this nurse who was going to have her that day ended up having our next patient that passed away like a few hours later it was a car wreck and this kid came in I don't remember how old she was I think she was like four she was internally decapitated oh so she got admitted at like 9 p.m I think and then we ended up coding her around like three I'm probably getting these times mixed up but it just felt like that and then it was like damn She's gone. We already kind of knew, like, it was going to happen just because her spinal cord was the only thing that was decapitated. That was, like, the only thing. Like, that car wreck was really messed up. And, um, and that's, that, that is what started Hell Week. Just back to back. The same nurse had on, just those two, though. But it was, like, it was still, like, the principal. Like, it happened in the same night. Yeah, it's the same night, yeah. It was, it was a little awful, but... I don't know. I just felt like everyone just kind of grew tighter in the unit from yeah, that. Yeah. But it was just awful because, like, we had those. We had a LOPA patient who was, like, LOPA is, like, when you donate your organs. Yeah. And then we had a um, a suicide attempt. And it was just, like, one after back, the other. Back and to it was back like to back to back. Yeah. All of that week. And then, I, if I'm not mistaken, we had another car wreck come in. 
I don't remember if she passed away or not. I think she did because she had the death poop. She had everything. We couldn't get her fever down. I remember that. Like, it was it was part of Hell Week. Yeah. But it was one of those, like, oh, did she ever make it? Because I think uh, after we had that fourth one, like, I had my days off. Yeah. So it was just, it's just like... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's a lot. Yeah, a lot. Okay, you said death poop. What Mm -hmm. is that? So, whenever someone passes away, they lose control of all their bowel movements and, like, urinary stuff. So, like, their body fluids just go. Just it keeps going and going and going. Yeah. They let go of their, like, their last minute bowel movement, their last urine. Like, it's just, like, all the waste is just being, like, extracted out. And it's, you know when it's done. Like, you, you know. Wow. And, uh... It's just, it's awful to see, but like I said, it just makes you grow as a person and like understand like, dang, you know? Yeah. How how long have you been doing this for again? A little over a year. A little over a year. And you've already experienced that much. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you another, like, let, let's get to on the bright side. <laughs> yeah. So a miracle. <laughs> She's actually in my daycare right now. Uh, we had an ECMO patient. So an ECMO is like when you're connected to all these machines and it's filtrating your blood and like making sure it's clean. This patient had like some respiratory issues. She was on ECMO for three months. We didn't know she was going to make it or not. Yeah. She's like, I used to hear, like I heard stories about her being in the hospital previous, running down the hallway, throwing bananas at people. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, like, is she going to like live? And she did. Yeah, yeah. And just to see her... As good as she is now, she's bad. She's bad. Don't get me wrong. She's she naughty. bad. Yeah, like, but that's just how she is. It's her personality, and um, she like survived three months after all of that torture. Wow. I want to say, yeah, no, that's that's torture. <laughs> Dang, yeah. But yeah, like she survived that. And how then, old was she? How old is she? Seven. Seven only. Yeah. And then we had a few like drownings that came in, but and made it. Yeah, yeah. And then you have like. We had another car wreck. Girl, all these car wrecks. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot. It's it very common a, here very, in Shreveport. We also Porter. get them from Monroe, too. Really? Yeah. So, like, it's a certain mile radius around Shreveport that we can get patients flown in. Wow. So, like, we had um, a car wreck come in. I think it was in Monroe that it happened. And uh, it was, like, a four-year-old. She ended up wearing a halo. She's not going to be herself again. She's, like, now in, like, a nursing home or something. Like, she's alive. But she's not a toddler. She's yeah. just, she's there. Yeah. Mentally, she's there, yeah. right? But physically, physically. She, just, she just can't. So, like, to an extent, that is a miracle. But to an extent, it's like, well, dang. But, I mean, that's when you get, like, kids with special needs. And that, that's when, like, I don't know. Whenever you have, like, unique futures like that, yeah, it, it makes a better connection, I feel like, with people. I don't know. Yeah, I enjoy people. So yeah. like, <laughs> and you enjoy you yeah. enjoy what you, what what you do. Mm-hmm. It's just gosh, I a I lot. talk to <laughs> <laughs> I talk to a lot of nurses and like hearing their stories and like um their patients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so it's so traumatic. But I can't imagine being in that moment and doing what you guys do mm-hmm. on a daily oh, yeah. or nightly. You know? Yeah, it's. You have to learn how to shut out your emotions. So I got told by one of my good friends that I haven't talked to in a while that uh, I have a really good way of hiding stuff, yeah. like my emotions, like deep down. And it's just, I don't know, when you go through a traumatic life, you learn how to just shut it out. But on top of like traumatic events like that, you learn even more, more. how to like just shut it out, smile, keep going. Do your job and yeah. just... Like, we had a a kid pass away from where I work at now the other day. 
and I I was sad. Don't get me wrong. I was so sad, super upset. Like, I worked with this kid, like, the first few weeks that I was there. And it was like everyone was crying, but I wasn't. And I just remember sitting there like, dang, I feel like people think that I'm just, like, heartless. Yeah. But I'm not. Like, I'm really a sweet person, and I'm really, like, soft and caring but and yeah. loving. And, and yeah. I had to, like, tell everyone, I was like, y'all, I promise I'm upset. I just can't cry right now because I don't like crying in, like in front of people. And then it's like I can like keep my emotions, emotions. back until like I'm alone. Yeah. Like in the shower or something. Yeah. I think a lot of nurses would relate to just what you said because, yeah. I mean, you're, you're in a workplace and, you know, mm-hmm. Most of the time, they tell uh, in a workplace. You know, they tell they tell you to leave your personal oh, yeah. stuff out the door. But with you dealing it in your workplace, that's it's so, it's so hard. And it, when, and when like. it's like, it feels like you're constantly there. Like I took as many shifts as I could at Oshner when I could. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I don't really. I I have friends. Don't get me wrong, but they're busy. They have a life. They're really close with their family. My family isn't really that close. So, like, I don't really have family to go out and do stuff with. Yeah. So, it's like I'd rather, like, stack up my bread and, like, work, get more experience in. It'd be better for my resume, like, in the future. Yeah. So, it, I just felt like I was constantly at work. Always, always, always. I'd never – I had days off, don't get me wrong, but days off don't feel like they're days off. Yeah. Because you only get, like, two or three off. And yeah. then, like, you go on a stretch. And then – so, it's, like – when you feel like you're always there, it just feels like your personal life. Yeah, yeah. Not a work life. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like you're pretty much like a robot too. Mm-hmm. Like just work, eat, sleep, yep. work, and repeat. Gosh, yeah, repeat. Would you ever go and get your nursing, like a RN? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually in the process of doing that now. I'm not gonna lie. So like, I went to ULM last year, like. First semester of college, loved it and had to come home because of some family reasons. And then I came home and during that Christmas break, like last Christmas break, I experienced a lot of DCFS cases on like child protection. Okay. So I experienced a lot of those. So then I was like, "Mm, maybe that's what I want to do. Okay. So I'm very back and forth, but I decided like officially after this break, like I'm going back like strictly to nursing. But what's good about it is, like, I can I did courses that uh, can go together, like, with social services and nursing. Because I'm still doing my prereqs, so. Yeah. So I'm going, I'm definitely doing the nursing. I've always wanted to be a nurse since I was young. Nice. So I just feel like that's my calling more than anything else. Yeah. So for, for everyone that's watching or um, listening to this podcast, what's the difference, what's the main difference between a CNA and a registered nurse? Basically... CNAs can do everything that a nurse does except for change medical um, bandages or, like, bandages in general. We can't give medication. And there's, like, two other things that I can't really remember, but, like, you can't you can't participate in, like, uh, CPR just because it's, like, a – I don't know why, but, like, you can help out, but you can't do, like, the chest compressions and stuff. And But it's, like, there's just, like, four things, or maybe there's five that you just can't do, but – Basically, it's just the the medications and changing out bandages and assessing. Is there anything else that you want to speak about? Any experience or any more traumas that you want to? Um, yeah, I think I want to talk about one. It's like a bullying one. It was part of Hell Week. Yeah. You said bullying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Ugh. So she was in room 11. And I remember everything. I don't remember if I I did admit her. I do remember admitting her. I don't think I was there when she passed. But uh, her and mom just got into an argument that day about grades. Well, come to find out, she was being bullied. She tried to hang herself. Oh my gosh, how old was she? She was like a well, she would have been a senior this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So she was like a junior last year. I went to um her balloon release with another nurse of mine who was her nurse. Um, I was going to go to her funeral, but I ended up not making it. And then uh, I actually got awarded for 
an evening with healers. Yeah. And that's like when you get recognized for that, that's huge. It's that is really big. big. Yeah. That is really, really big. That's amazing. And it was for her story. Yeah. But it was like she even got bullied after she passed. Like someone made an Instagram saying nobody cared that you died. You look like your ugly ass mom, like on the bio. And oh it was so upsetting. Gosh. And her mom was an employee at and she still is an employee at Austiner. So yeah. like our nurses knew her. And then I got to know her. If there's a sweet family, it's like, why would you even do that? So it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like students really need to reflect on, like, what they say. Yeah. I was bullied growing up. I remember in, like, fourth grade, I got blackmailed because my mom died when I was a kid. Oh like, gosh. come on now. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Like, don't be like, that's why I don't have a mom. I remember in sixth grade, someone told me a yo mama joke, and I cried. I yeah. cried. I was like, don't do that. So it's like, that was the only kind of bullying situation I saw up there. And like, when you see that, it just makes you think like, dang, like words really do hurt. Yeah. But as someone who can like, just put away her emotions, I just never really sat there and thought about it. Yeah. So I love their family. I follow her family on Facebook. Like I do so much and it's, uh, I keep up and it's just like, just sitting there, you wouldn't even expect her to just be bullied on she's like she's so sweet, so sweet innocent yeah. her sister is so freaking adorable she has a voice of an angel like and she was involved she was a band kid like yeah. everyone knew her i remember going to her balloon release and just seeing people from like the softball uh team people from band people from like the um i don't know what they call it there but i remember at uh houghton it was fca yeah. Like, the Christian group. And, like, it's just you saw everybody from different organizations. So, she was a people lover. Yeah. So, it's just, like, just, like, one wrong word and it's just boom. And that's so sad because um, I have three kids and my, my especially my oldest one, my, my oldest one has been bullied heavily to the point where we had to, you know, talk to the principal. I'm happy that the principal, you know, handled it and stuff. And, but these kids like the parents also just need to talk to their kids mm -hmm. because and also they need to monitor all their social media stuff right because my my daughter has a phone and when i'm on her you know whenever i ask let me see what you're doing blah 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 and she doesn't give me any hard time she gives it to me right away mm -hmm. i'm on her phone and then like she's on a group message and all this and all that and then all these kids will be like you're fat and all this and all that and you're calling them a bitch and all this and all that and i'm just like <laughs> I need to talk to the parents of that, you know, right. that kid. Right. And I mean, my kids, they tell us, I hope they tell us everything because, you know, we, we ask them about all these things and what's going on in school and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, honestly, I don't think kids would like fully, fully tell you what's happening until it's really bad. Yeah. Like I said, I don't really have a family, but I have a family. You know what yeah. I mean? My mom passed away. My dad was in and jail my whole life. So I really only had my grandma who worked all the time. And then I, and then before her brother passed, I had her brother. So I didn't really have like a, like an outlet that I thought I could go to. But I see all these other people that's like, dang, you have a really good relationship with your people. You still have your mom, your dad, like they're so happy or like, Either even if they're split up, you still have them, like, physically, and, like, you still have a good bond with one of them. And so I sit there, and I, like, contemplate life a lot because I'm, like, I know in the long run I'm going to end up with someone where our wedding, their side's going to be more packed out than mine. Yeah. And, it, and it's sad to, like, think that, but it's, like, from bullying all the time. Like, I always got bullied, and... I used to be a big Justin Bieber fan, so I got yeah, bullied for that. Yeah. And then it's like anything small, everyone yeah. just like bullies. Yeah. But anyways, I feel like that's when uh, the parents should like grow to comfort and actually love their kids instead of like putting them in harm's way. Because then how do you know like if they're really going to like speak out about it? The kids that was pretty much bullying my daughter, she didn't want them to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. That's why she didn't really speak out. But like, you can you can see it on like her, just the way how she's acting or mm -hmm. like, and she loves school. She's a straight A student and all this and all that. And there are some times where like, I don't want to go to school. I'm like, you love going to school. Right. So then, you know, like you kind of like, um, get to the, like get to the, 
point where like why why does she want to go to school and then but yeah I think it's just important for parents to talk to their child Mm -hmm. and also gosh like even like if if I feel like if if kids you know do bully like hold them accountable but also talk to them ask them why are they being like that like because it's it, it starts at home and then it just it just gets worse when you know you when you're around mm-hmm. other people and as adults it still happens. Oh yeah, adults can especially, be so mean too. Literally, like especially like in the workplace. In the know. workplace, yeah. In anywhere. the workplace is a big one. Yeah, social media. Yeah, that. Yeah, social media. I mean, like, um, I do this, and like, uh, most of the time, the freaking negative comments are from people that don't even have a profile picture, mm-hmm. a name, or anything. It's just a trashy page that they want to put their opinion out there mm-hmm. but they don't want to show their face exactly and and that's how it is with like with uh teenagers now or like kids now mm-hmm. it's so easy for them to fake their happiness yeah yeah it's, oh, i'm, it's I'm a like i do that to an extent to an extent yeah. like, certain yeah. things i like i show my full happiness but like when i feel like i'm not wanted in a room i'm just i'm quiet and i'm to myself or I'll just go sit out in the car or something. But I, I'm good at reading energy sometimes. Yeah. So when I feel like I'm in an unwanted place, then I go because if I'm still in an unwanted place, then I just I get in my thoughts and I don't need that, you know. Yeah. So it's like when you have that feeling at school, it's really hard because you don't know how to explain it to someone or like a teacher and be like, "Look, I'm having this bad vibe and." And they'll just be like, oh, you're just being crazy because not everyone believes in that stuff. Yeah. Like, I believe in God, but I believe in other stuff. Like, I believe in manifestation. I believe in energy. I believe in, like, you know, crystals yes. and stuff. Yeah. And then, like, so if you go to a teacher be like, look, I'm having this bad vibe, that teacher will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're just being crazy. It'll be okay. And they yeah. put you back into that vibe, and it's just bad. Yeah. So, like, I remember junior year, I was going through this breakup with my first love, and... I was in math class. I couldn't stand this math class because I felt like I was learning nothing. Yeah. But it was like all of these kids, and I was so freshly new to the school to an extent. It was like all of these kids just talking and being funny. Everyone had a friend, and I was just like back there in the back by myself next to someone I didn't know who was quiet too. So it was like, dang, I just kind of felt like I wasn't wanted there. But... When you're in a new place, you, you feel like that because you don't have friends. Yeah. So that's when, like, you try to make friends. But then yeah. you make friends and they're not even in your class. Class, yeah. So it's like, in that specific class, I just remember always being in my thoughts because they always played, like, songs. And then, you know, like, you, like, on TikTok, you have, like, those certain trends. And then, like, a few years later, you hear that trend sound. And it's like, oh, it takes you back. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were listening to, like, all the songs that happened during the breakup. Like, before the breakup, leading up to it, after, you know. So it just kind of, like, put me in my thoughts. But I can't just go up to the teacher and be like, hey, can you change the song? Yeah. Because I'm in my thoughts. Like, I can't do that. But I, what really made my day on the specific day that I'm talking about was there was a guy in there. And he was like, I just like sad music. I'm not sad, but I like sad music. music. Yeah. And I don't know. That, just kept, that quote made my day. I don't even know who it was. I just remember hearing it because I was doing, like, my work. And I was like, dang, that is so true. But I don't know. Just... Yeah. I just wish everyone understood everyone to the point like where someone comes up to you and say like, Hey, I'm having this vibe. But so just to end this, what are what what advice would you give to other CNAs out there or other nurses out there? Okay, to all the nurses. Okay, to all the nurses. <laughs> uh I feel like nur- nurses should be like more appreciative of like the CNAs. Like I felt like with certain nurses that I worked with in the hospital, I felt like I wasn't appreciated. To an extent. To an extent, because there were times where, like, they showed, like, they were very appreciative of me. But I remember this one travel nurse, I just, I did not like her. I did not like her ways. I just felt like she wasn't letting me do my job. And I just, I don't know, I kind of got, like, really upset about it. Like, whenever we're admitting, I'm doing, like, all the vital signs. I'm, like, I'm attaching them, and then I'm helping. And this one nurse just wouldn't let me do it. Anytime we got an admin. And it just bugged me, because it's like, I'm here to work. I want to work. But if you're doing what I'm allowed to do, that takes away from the uh, like what I could do. It takes away from my rhythm. 
So I feel like with nurses, I feel like they need to be more appreciative of the CNAs. And I've always said, since taking the CNA courses, everyone should start off at the bottom of the bottom and work their way up. When you're a CNA, you learn your bedside manners. There's a lot of nurses that are horrible bedside manners. Yeah. Like, awful. And it's like, you shouldn't even be a nurse because being a nurse doesn't bedside manners is, like, top tier. But when you learn your skills in nursing and your skills in CNA, it's, like, two different things. Because nurses aren't taught to make a bed in, like, in a rush. CNAs, you learn to make it in the right way and be calm. Look. When something's thrown at me, I freak out and I shut down, but I stay calm. Yeah. So, like, I get, like, all their bed stuff together. If you don't communicate with your CNA, how are we supposed to know that we're having an admin? How are we supposed to know, okay, go make this bed or, okay, make sure this room is clean? Like, not a lot of nurses communicate. We had a new grad at the hospital that's like that, and she just put her pride above everybody, and she wanted to do everybody's job. And I just feel like as a new grad, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, I get that you're really, really excited, but everyone else has a job to do, too, and you're just kind of taking it away. Yeah. So I feel like with nurses, they should just be more appreciative of the CNAs. But they are doing a really good job with their job. They're saving people. Like, you're a part of these people's journeys, like, whether they don't make it or whether they do or not. Like, you're doing a great job, but also be mindful. But as for the CNAs... Just, like, always be patient. Yeah. Be patient with who you're working with. Be patient with everything. A lot of CNAs go to, like, work with older people. I've always said I could not work with geriatrics. They hurt my feelings. And when you hurt my feelings, I'm not going to want to talk to you. So that's going to affect my workflow because then that means, like, I won't go in there and talk to you and, like, be a CNA that I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Because you hurt my feelings. Yeah. So... But you also have to think about, like, a lot of CNAs who works with geriatric, they kind of take advantage of it, and one wrong thing or one wrong movement can cause you to lose your license. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So, like, I remember my great-grandma was in a nursing home, and this, I don't know if it was a nurse or a CNA, but someone was moving her and broke her arms, and no one knew until, like, weeks later, no one, like, gave her bed baths, like, so it's like when you find people like that, you have to have a CNA who's like really passionate about their yeah. job, who is willing to do like the bed baths and the yeah. taking care of them without the nurses. Yeah. Wait, but also like how do you break somebody's arm by just moving them? Just unless you're being so and rough. Rough? Yeah. So like just with geriatrics in general, so like they can either have like really good bones or like really oh, weak bones. Okay. So yeah. like and then it's also just how you handle them yeah i've seen videos go around of this one cna or nurse i think it was a cna though she just like threw around this old lady i'm just like girl like why when i feel like when you're in a health profession you have to have a passion for it yeah but doing that that is not a passion that is just there for the check Mm -hmm. and let me tell you the amount of emotional turmoil that you go through is not worth that check yeah it's not so my advice for everybody, if you want to go into a medical field, make sure you go into, like, what you want to do. Yes. If you want to work with kids, think about child life specialists if you don't want to be a nurse. Like, it's just all of those things that you can do inside of the medical field. But if you're not passionate about your job, don't do it. Yeah, don't. Like, I I love my job. I'm very passionate about it. But, like, when I get, like, that one instant of, like, oh, this patient don't like me, then I'm not going to do my job correctly. Yeah. But that's, like, even with nurses, too. I know a nurse who was like that. They were like, they don't like me. They're getting on my nerves. And I just keep telling them this, this, and that. Look, I remember being in the hospital, and we had either, like, I remember one of my last cases, this girl was, like, a victim. Like, I mean, everyone's a victim in that unit. But... She was, like, being held captive or something, and I don't remember the full story, but I remember it being, like, we have to watch who comes in and out of this unit at all oh times. Oh, gosh. And I remember being, I didn't mind being this person because I know how it felt. I know how it is to be overstimulated as a patient and then as a parent. I'm not a parent, but, like, I know how it is looking at, you know? Yeah. So I remember constantly having to be, like, look, it's only two people per bedside, and it's already past visitation hours. Y'all cannot come in. So 
I did that because a lot of the nurses didn't want to do that. Yeah. But it also kind of takes a toll on a CNA, too, like me, because I want to build a bond with this family. I remember this one girl, she ended up passing away. Um, she was a drowning victim. She had autism. Somehow got into the pole. She drowned. There were, like, 20 people in the room. Yeah. So, and it was at night. So when it comes to patients in the trauma unit like that, where you're allowed that many people after they're declared brain dead or dead, this baby wasn't even declared brain dead yet, and there was like twenty people in the room, and they were like, "Well, the nurse, the morning nurse said that they can come in," when really by rules they're like the nurse shouldn't have said that, but uh, I'm just like, "Well, dang," and I kept telling them, I was like, "Look, it's two per bedside." It's visitation hours are over, like, y'all have, it's overstimulation. They got to the point where they called house supervision on me. Oh, goodness. But it's because I was doing my job. Yeah. No one else was enforcing it, which, again, I didn't mind doing that. Because I kind of like being the bad guy sometimes. <laughs> but when it came to that, the family didn't like me. Yeah. But then the daughter passed away, and everyone gave me a hug, and they all apologized, and and I was like, look, I'm just doing my job. Yeah. Overstimulation is real when it comes to this stuff. She was intubated. She was like a trauma, like an actual trauma. And you just have to keep it that way. Like, it was really bad. It got to the point where we had to like, oh, it was bad. Just because of overstimulation. Yeah. When you're in a room with a, a person who's ventilated and sedated, they're sedated for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, don't overstimulate them. Yeah. It, it, it gets pretty rough. Yeah. On that aspect. Oh. But, yeah. What about for CNAs? What advice would you give for um, CNAs? Just be very passionate. Be very passionate. Passionate about your position and never forget where you came from type thing. And always make sure that you have, like, a coping mechanism. But that's, like, for everybody, you know? Um, but also just don't like half-ass do your job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just always help out like where you need to be helped out. Always like go above and beyond. Take initiative. Because in a work environment like that, you have to take initiative. Yeah. Because you, the nurses don't can't always attend to one patient. You always have nurses that probably have like eight patients to one nurse. Like the ratios are so bad. So like as a CNA, I feel like we should just like be there for the nurse yeah. and like help. I can't really say how it is in a nursing home because, like I said, I'm only in that environment during clinicals, but I think it's pretty busy there too because I remember during clinicals, it was like from like morning to like the end of class time. So it was literally, I was there like a 12 hour day. In the mornings, they did showers and, and then like they had to get everybody up, they had to shower everybody, they had to feed. And then it's, like, you had to control who came in and came out because they still had COVID regulations during yeah. that time. So as a CNA, it was, like, very, like, I don't know what word I'm trying to think of. But where we went, everyone was assigned a hall. And you just never know how many patients are in a hall because, like, everything was split up. It was COVID regulation. But you had so much that you had to do. Just as a CNA in general, like, they have, because in a nursing home, that's basically what you see is, like, CNAs. Yeah. So they have a lot of stuff they had to do. So I can't really give, like, advice on that except for, like, just be passionate about your job and don't take, like, these people for granted because I hear, like, stories all the time from my aunt how, like, nurses and, like, everyone in general that works at a facility steals people's stuff. Don't do that either. Like, how would you feel if you were in that position, you know? Just basically take care of, like, people, like, your patients, like, they're your family, yeah. I guess you, I, w I would say. But to always just find, like, good moments in the bad times Yeah. as a CNA. Just like, for the higher-ups in the hospital or the clinics and stuff, what are some things that they can do to help you guys as nurses? First, I feel like as nurses and CNAs, we need to speak up because we don't always speak up to the higher-ups, like... I could probably still have my job at Austin right now if I would have spoke up. But um, 
I feel like once they hear about a situation, they shouldn't, like, set it aside until it becomes more of an issue. I feel like it should be addressed right then and there. And then if it happens again, especially in a, like, in a hospital environment, then that's when they go into, like, okay, you're going on probation or, like, termination. I just feel like higher-ups, not all higher-ups are going to know who all works there because, I mean, like, you have, like, the CEO and then you have, like, you know, your managers and stuff. Which I feel like management doesn't take in night shift a lot unless they are a night shift person. Yeah. So, like, before we changed management, my supervisor did uh, night shifts up until a certain point, And she was so appreciative of us. I love her. Like, I still talk to her this day. I'm friends with her daughter. And she always did a lot for us. But then it was like our manager, he, he was more in love with his other unit than our unit. The PICU never got, like, special treatment. Yeah. We were always, like, put on the back burner. And I'm sorry, but we need that unit. And, okay, I guess since we're on here right now on that, that subject, the PICU, in my opinion, the trauma PICU is very needed and should be extended and have, like, certain regulations and be built a certain way just for the simple fact of, like, we get people from Monroe, we get people from, like, down south, from Arkansas, from Texas. When RSV was real bad last year, we got a lot of kids from Texas because yeah. Texas hospitals were, like, full. I just feel like that unit doesn't get enough love that it deserves. It deserves a lot of love. Yeah. And as, like, the nurses and CNAs, like, we can only do so much to liven up the place. Just so much. Like, I remember the supervisor had so much envisions for the place. Like, a lot. And she can only do as much as she could before she couldn't do anything else. Like, she fought for that unit to be open. Like, it was, it was so much that went on. And I just feel like that unit should never be in question to be shut down. Yeah. Just for the simple fact, like, like I said, we get people from everywhere. And then it's like, we don't really have a kid's trauma unit. Like, that's, like, one of the best ones in the, the state. And it's not just because, like, we have, like, all the resources there and it's, like, a learning, like, hospital. But it's because you have, like, all of the staff that you need at the main hospital. And I remember one time they were talking about moving it to St. Mary's. But St. Mary's doesn't have, like, an emergency room. St. Mary's doesn't have, like, nightly residents on call, like, the, the main hospital. So I just feel like ugh, it's rough. Yeah. That unit should definitely have, like, more love than it should I don't know, that, that's, ooh. that's yeah. a different topic for yeah, a different day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for coming here. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for everything that you do in the you. healthcare, co your, your career. Yeah. And thank you so much for everything that you do for, you know, your patients. It's amazing what you guys thank do. You. Like, I, I can't, gosh, it's, I just really, really look up. You guys. not for the week i know yeah sure. definitely i don't think i would be <laughs> able to do what you guys do on a daily because it's tough mm -hmm. it's a lot hearing it makes me like my heart gets so heavy but mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure with you guys experiencing it on the daily you guys take a toll mm -hmm. hard but again thank you thank you, thank thank you, you for, for coming here me. thank you <laughs> yeah.